Hello, gorgeous. Welcome to The Ambitious Woman, the bold career, finance, and life advice podcast and trainings for busy, ambitious corporate career women. I'm your host, career advisor and coach and investment expert, Danielle McDonald, coming to you from the Pacific Northwest. Now, our goal here at the podcast is to hopefully leave you a little happier or smarter at the end of each show, delightfully distracted from your commute, tasks, or workout. All a challenge when you are so amazing already. So we open each show with a bit of career or financial or life advice, followed up by a thoughtful or even fascinating interview with unique up and coming business leaders, notable experts, and people with interesting perspectives on life, finance, and business. So if you're ready, let's go. So welcome to the show. We're here this week. We're going to talk to Christina McKinnis, the social branding expert and influencer, the podcaster, the bottled blonde, and I'll introduce her soon, but she's here as a millennial business leader. She's up and coming. Um, she's an example of what women in business who are employing other women, who are managing other women, leading other women and men um, are doing um, that's different. Um, and just, she's a breath of fresh air. I hope you'll enjoy it very much. But what I wanted to talk to you about today was as a career woman, do you know how much you've earned in the last five years, 10 years? Take a minute to just think of your tax returns. What was the biggest number on your tax return, right? Your income. And what is five times your last year's income, for example. And where has all that money gone? Now, do you think you need to get a grip on your finances? I would say 85% of women do. And it's not that we're bad with money, God knows, but we have money block issues. Now, we don't address those too much here. There are teachers that do. But in terms of just managing day-to-day -day finances, understanding how to get started investing, um, understanding uh, how to retain more of what you make because you're worth it, um, you know, without giving up the little luxuries in life, right? Um, if a luxury for you is a matcha tea latte every morning um, made by someone else, handcrafted, then that's your luxury and you should enjoy it. If your luxury is a designer handbag, that's your luxury, you should enjoy it. Um, and you can enjoy them guilt-free if you're managing your money correctly. Now, Elizabeth Warren in the United States, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren ran as a candidate for the US presidency and whatever you may think of her, and there are definitely issues along the storyline, um, she was a professor at Harvard studying the causes of bankruptcy for many years before she went into public life. She wrote a book called All Your Worth, not you are, but All Your Worth. And she wrote it with her daughter, examining what she discovered in her research were the three leading causes of bankruptcy in the United States. Wondering what they are? Well, first of all, medical debt. A medical catastrophe in someone's life was a leading cause of bankruptcy for that family. Now, 
since Obamacare came in, there's definitely been improvements in terms of people's ability to withstand a financial storm. But we really can never predict our health. And the ability to continuously pay for insurance, quality insurance, the kind of insurance that doesn't turn you away when you really need it, um, to navigate the medical system when you're not well, especially if you're a single person, and just the, the consequences of not having enough saved in an emergency fund in case there's an income interruption in your life. Typically, most people will experience a six-week period of income interruption in their life due to disability, due to medical reasons. Now, maybe that's just, you know, a broken leg that you can't go to work, right? Or maybe it's chemotherapy. So let's think ahead and plan ahead and take care of ourselves as strong, independent women and plan on how we're going to take care of ourselves if we experience that six-week income interruption due to disability. Secondly, another cause was divorce. Now, traditional relationships are fluid these days. Um, certainly in Canada, where I'm recording from, in Quebec, it's, it's less common to get married than it is to live together and raise a family. Um, for some people, uh, traditional marriage is uh, a valued, a valued um, religious and moral commitment um, that they stand by. But divorce of all kinds, um, whether of a committed relationship or a marriage, happens to everyone of every stripe, of every gender, of every sexual orientation. And it's heartbreaking, first of all, because there's the pain and the anger and the anguish that you're going through. And secondly, there's the financial consequences. You know, on top of the consequences to your family, to your children, to your, to your heart, um, there are the financial consequences and the difficulty and what people turn into when they're dealing with money. Now, the third cause of bankruptcy that she found was a bit surprising. Sorry, a brief interruption there. The third cause of bankruptcy was a bit surprising, and that is job loss. Now, for most people, um, job loss is not something that occurs in their career. Most people don't lose their job due to external forces in the course of a career. But if it happens, and it happens that you don't have a financial cushion or a plan B and a plan C, if you haven't kept your skills up, if you don't have a career direction, if you don't have a plan for where you want to be in three to five years, you're going to get caught underwears. And being caught flat-footed is, is one thing that she found contributed significantly to bankruptcies in the United States. And nobody wants to go through that, right? Nobody wants to go through the, the pain and shame of bankruptcy, as much as that may not be warranted. Um, it is a very painful experience. It is um, something with a lot of judgment attached to it, something that most people conceal. Um, and it's just a terrible situation to be in, not to mention the risks of not having a place to go, not having a place to live. 
So when I talk about where has your money gone and talk about those little luxuries, on the other end of the spectrum, it's really important to consider just how you're managing your money in terms of protecting yourself, using your money um, wisely to ensure that you have a secure future, and having fun without sacrificing um, without sacrificing the other things that are terribly important in life. So anyways, whether your plan is to buy a home, to start an investment account, to boost your investment account by 100% this year, um, we're here to talk about it. And uh, um, we'll be talking to uh, a financial um, portfolio, uh, gosh, uh, consultant. Um, in the next episode. But for today, we're talking to the Bottle Blonde, and we'll get to that in a moment. Hey, just a quick note. Each episode of The Ambitious Woman is sponsored by Unbound Women, healthy body and mind specialists who created a three-step system that helps busy women manage their gut pain and overwhelms so they can calmly and confidently enjoy life without years of therapy or meditation apps. More information and their link are in the show notes for today's episode at theambitiouswoman.com. Hey, so just a quick reminder that if you're interested in doing a career strategy call with me, they are one hour, they are $99, and we can discuss your unique career situation in confidence, talk about what's going on, talk about what you'd like to see done differently, talk about your dreams, goals, aspirations, preferences, values, and even if you don't know what those are, we can uncover them together. So working with a career coach, if you'd like to know more about that, you can go to theambitiouswoman.com slash FAQ and learn more about what you can talk to a career coach about. Christina McInnes, who is the bottled blonde, the amazing podcaster and blogger and influencer who, who just has it all going on for millennials. Christina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Well, thank you, number one, for having me. I'm so excited to chat with your audience and you and spend this time with you. Just a little bit about me. I graduated from OSU in 2019, which sounds crazy, and then sold a business and realized, wow, I actually need to do something with my life. What would I like to do? So I started a digital agency um, called KCM Connect in the beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Uh. And it was actually the most crazy thing ever because I started out with zero clients by the end of the year, hustled my buns off, ended up uh, closing the year out with a hundred clients that we had serviced over, over 12 months, which was just wow. And now as of in 2021, we have nine team members and it's just been, it's been amazing. Like the growth and everything that's happened even while in the pandemic, everyone realized, whoa, media is important <laughs> for people who were like, I don't need to be on social media or I don't need um, to do any type of marketing. I have a storefront or I'm using billboards. And now pretty much everyone's marketing's changed so much. So that happened. And I run the agency now. And then I also do content creation. 
and then I have the podcast. So I started the bottled blonde back in 2019 and I freaking love it. It's one of the most enjoyable things that I do. Oh, that's fantastic. It's such a fun site and such a fun podcast. I really enjoyed it. We were chatting earlier about your conversation with Mimi Bouchard about anxiety management and meditation and hypnosis and just manifesting the best part of your life, really, like having the life you want that isn't boxed into a cube kind of thing. Yeah. What's your, your experience of the meditations? We were chatting about that. Yeah. So I had Mimi on my podcast. Gosh, I don't even know. I feel like everything flows together. I'm like, wait, that was like six months ago. It probably was. Um, (laughs) She's so awesome. I ended up finding her through Instagram and we connected and then she came on my show and I was like, I want to try out meditation. I took a meditation class, freaking loved it. I'm not one of those girls who can sit on a mat and be like, let's meditate. I need to be like guided. So (laughs) I started using her app on her. And I think you can actually use it on your computer too, but it's wonderful for me. Like people who are like busy minds, I feel like guided meditation is perfect. Cause I'm like a German shepherd in a sense, like (laughs) a task, I will do the task. If not, I'm like, what's going on? What am I doing? (laughs) I love her app. It's so awesome. That is phenomenal. Who have been some of your favorite guests besides Mimi on the podcast? Oh my gosh. There's so many. What's crazy about podcasting, and I've said this on my podcast as well, is the space of everyone collaborating is so different on every single medium. With actual podcasting, everyone is so collaborative, so positive, so nice. Versus like sometimes Instagram or YouTube, people little cattier or maybe don't want to collaborate as much versus the amount of people that I've actually met in person from the podcast. We actually have like group texts. Now I have some girlfriends who are just on my podcast who are now coming to visit me in a few weeks. So it's wild who you end up meeting. I'm trying to think of people that I ended up like loving. Funny enough, Amanda Stanton came on mine. She's from the bachelor and her assistant is now my manager. So all collaboration. So yeah, it's crazy. Like just how the world works and who you meet. And it's just been, I don't know. It's freaking awesome. If anybody wants to start a podcast too, please let me know. I would love to help anyone who's wanting to get into the space. You are so generous to be on the show in our first season. And I'm hoping you'll be our first episode. Um, Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important for people to understand that the the Ambitious Woman is a magazine format podcast. So we have different segments. Interviews are part of that. But we always want to provide, provide wonderful experiences, leaving people happier and smarter for having listened to the podcast in one or more areas of their life as an ambitious woman. So that's the goal there. Uh, I wonder if you'd tell us about your business. I'm going to bounce around a little bit here. So the social media agency, what do you do specifically? Is it just, is it just Facebook? Is it YouTube? What does it you do? So we do, we do web design. We'll do SEO, SEM display ads. We're now full service. So we do, we run people's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest channels, take over their TikTok it's it's a busy it's a busy time. No wonder you need nine people. <laughs> yeah, now we actually just started partnering 
with a podcast agency. So we come together and some of the clients include like the Mayfair group, Lori Carter, Ali Webb from Drybar. So running their So it's been really awesome. Actually, (laughs) that partnership actually launched today, which is hilarious. So it's perfect time. We're talking about it. Congratulations. That's awesome. We'll get the word out there. That's fabulous. Thank you so much. (laughs) So what was your focus in university? I was merchandising management and business entrepreneurship. So I was at, if anybody knows, OSU is in like a very small farm town. And when I say farm town, I mean like you drive a mile from the college and there are cows, there are pigs, there's a lot of <laughs> farms. And it was, after, it was so much fun. I loved college, but I had always been the girl who was in college who was like wanted to have her hands in everything. So I was in so many different groups and fashion groups and working at like our fashion magazine and doing, I did eight internships in college. Wow. Um, yeah. And just a you are no wallflower girl. <laughs> My God. I was like, let's go. So it was such like an amazing stepping stone. And I had met so many fun, like people through college that I actually am still in contact with some people who I ended up like loving turned into my best friends. And now in LA, we've all moved down here and we're within five minutes of each other. Oh, that's fabulous. That's absolutely great. I was going to mention that one of your blog posts on your um, business site is a mention of Julia Jolie and her conversation with you on your podcast about the Beverly Hills lifestyle without having millions of dollars in the bank. Financial hanging on to the money you make and investing it is definitely part of the profile of the ambitious woman and what we offer. But definitely how to be glamorous on a budget is appealing if glamour is the style and taste of any of our listeners. So can you tell me what you learned from her on that, on that, uh, during that conversation? Oh my gosh. It was a funny story. I didn't know that her husband was coming to record the podcast and we ended up chatting so much. And then he started adding in and I was like, oh my gosh, come on. You have so much to chat with us about. So it ended up being the three of us and we had a ball. She talked all about coming from New York, moving to LA and like how to live that glamorous aesthetic life, clothing while not breaking the bank, which I think a lot of people, like one of my taglines that we're about to change pretty much my whole blog to is bougie on a budget because- <laughs> Like we love, and this is maybe just me, but any other girls out there, I love the bougier, finer things in life, but I don't want to spend a million dollars for them. So maybe that's like a dupe or finding different hacks or hunting for the best deals on hotels. There's a hotel that I really wanted to go to in Miami. That's originally, I think like $700 a night. And I was like, okay, we're not going to do that. What can we (laughs) do? booked it right after Miami fashion week because they're so busy during that time. And then it's, yes. And now it's $120 a night. Freaking tastic. That is awesome. I know that I tried to get into a Toronto hotel for business once during the Toronto film festival. And yeah, I was going to end up staying by the airport in a motel. Like it was, there was nowhere to stay in the city. It was just crazy. And yet you're right. The week after, Oh, 
bargains like oh. the day after Valentine's, right? Half price chocolate. It literally stuff like that. And there's so <laughs> fun little hacks that I feel like you can end up finding. Or like, for example, in my apartment, I have, I went to Gucci and I like love Gucci, but I wanted their pillows. And I was like, dang, I am not going to spend 800. It was, I think it was like seven, $800 per pillow. And so I went online and found ones that are pretty much almost replicas minus like a few things. And they were like 30 bucks on Etsy. So yeah, the finer things in life, but not breaking the bank where we're in debt. (laughs) I love Chanel looking chains. I wear a lot of black and white and um, wearing the, the pearls mixed with chains mixed with the floral accent from Chanel and everything. I find them on AliExpress. And they're not high quality. I'm not trying to pretend to be anything I'm not, but there's a lot of fun dupes on AliExpress as well. She mentioned that the one thing to invest in if you really wanted to amp up your style because of the high-low fashion trend was like a handbag. And I don't think that everybody believes in that a handbag is an investment. I don't personally. I know some people believe that their collections of genuine designer handbags are never going to go down in price. I've worked in the stock market for a really long time. I know stuff goes down. (laughs) Everything goes down eventually. There's got to be a willing buyer. But she mentioned that a purse is a girl's most important accessory. Now, I don't know if that is something that resonates with you, but as a woman, I, I love a good handbag. It's the it, it's what makes everything possible. <laughs> if, if I need scissors, they're in my handbag. <laughs> I would totally agree. I think so too. And there's so many options now, like in the last few years, whether that's like the real or like rent the runway or different kind of services where you can actually rent super expensive designer handbags for a few months at a time like that. If you're looking for something on a budget, freaking awesome. If you're looking for something like, okay, quote unquote, it was going to be more expensive and you want to invest in buying an exclusive handbag with a very small collection. Those are the ones that people are going to want to go after. Not the ones that are like, the mainstream, every single person has them. But some of those like smaller collections, I know like my mom has gotten a few of those where they're very specific and, but she won't use those ones. So they are more of, they're the ones that look cute in the closet, not the one you're taking out to dinner. <laughs> I, I, I feel as though some handbags just have the longevity that other fashion items don't. They don't have as specific a color necessarily, so they're not in and out of season. Um, it's a good leather handbag or vegan leather handbag is, it's so serviceable. And then it's nice to have a little clutch or something for dinners out and company events and things like that. I'm not all about the shopping, but I've been known to get down rabbit holes, such as the Amazon shopping threads on your website. <laughs> <laughs> started using this is the first time I've started to use it because I'm trying not to shop as much yes uh fashion I think want to say it's called fashion pass and you can rent like a certain number of items per month off of there for a pretty small fee and they're all like really good quality and almost brand new but you could wear them for a day or keep them a week and then you just pay a monthly fee so I'm starting to do that because I was realizing oh my gosh I'm shopping so much let's switch this up. So 
I'll have to let you know what I think. <laughs> Sounds good. I love it. So where are you on the, the experience around investing spectrum? Are you, I don't want to pry. I'm not asking too much information. I'm just asking like education wise, where are you, where do you feel comfortable on the spectrum of investing, whether it's real estate or the stock market or crypto? Is there anything that you're passionate about? I actually really want to learn more about crypto. I just got on Amazon, the Kings of Crypto book. Someone recommended it to me. They were like, hey, you should totally take a peek at this because we were having a conversation and I was like, hey, I want to get more educated in this space. Real estate wise, I feel like you just can't, you can't go wrong. Like especially things like apartments or condos that you can rent dependent on their area. Like for me, I would never get an apartment complex in Portland, Oregon because they're housing laws are insane. I think knowing that, especially if you're going to get like an apartment condo situation, knowing the laws in the state, in the city, dependent like on evictions, for example, I know people who have apartment complexes in downtown Portland, people are not, have not been paying their rent for how many months and the state is only going to cover 80% of that. So you're going to lose that 20%. But in other areas where there's different housing laws, I think apartments, especially in some of the bigger cities, is an amazing way to go. Obviously, they are a little bit more expensive, but that's something that definitely I've invested in and is will be paid off in about 20 years. But yeah, (laughs) you know, start that early. I do want to point out that people who are not paying their rent right now are really facing hard times during this global pandemic. So a little bit of a little bit of heartfelt emotion towards people who are struggling, but it's just as hard for the landlords. If you are a single woman and you've bought a, a condo and you're renting it out, you've got a mortgage to pay as well. It's a, it's a, it's a domino effect. And that's, that's the struggle across the entire economy. Although thank goodness, as we record this, today's the 21st of June, 2021, things are opening up. Things are are looking to normalize. It could be that the US, Canada, Mexico borders all open fairly soon and trade will normal trade will resume, normal traffic back and forth, visitors, tourists, business travel will resume. And let's just cross our fingers for that. I know. I can't wait. There's so many like things, especially we work with some companies down in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. So them having the tourism back to be able to run their businesses. And we have the client up in Canada and them being able to now ship freely. <laughs> like yeah. it's be so amazing. We didn't quite realize, I think on the grateful note, everyone has realized in the past 2020 into 2021, wow, there were so many different things that we did not realize. And now we're going to be so grateful to be able to do and get back and support. Totally. I actually, I know you were in Vancouver, I think in 2018, 19, something like that. Yes. Um, yeah. And we really miss the tourist traffic from the cruise lines. And in this current environment, there's no longer a requirement for cruise ships to stop in Vancouver. There was recently a piece of legislation south of the border that was passed on that. I'm here just outside Vancouver, BC, Canada. And um, so we're anxious for that to resume. But at the same time, just simple postal mail. I happen to really like painting. I I paint as a hobby and I buy paintings that I find online that I like. 
I'm, I've been waiting like nine months for a, a piece of mail from Russia. <laughs> so long. And I have a girlfriend up there um, who we actually went during that. We went to Vancouver, BC, like four times. And it was like four to six times in one year because we loved it. It was like the city, the food, the people. Oh, that's so great. I was obsessed. Like the, I had to say the city is one of the cleanest cities. Like you don't see compared to like places like LA and New York that are bigger. And it was just like very, it's funny, like driving into Vancouver, BC looks very like futuristic with all the building. <laughs> That's, it's changed a lot since, since I grew up here. And definitely we're very lucky to have the budgets and everything else to keep things fairly clean and and going but that's really nice you had a wonderful time here I love LA I love New York I haven't been in a little while but with Chicago another city that I absolutely love and my experiences in those cities were great as well I think it's the novelty as much as anything else but the Vancouver city of glass that Douglas Copeland describes very much a reality these days even now they're continuing to build so Oh my gosh. I can't There's wait. more to see when you come back. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So what's up next for you? Well, next, we have a lot of travel plans. This We were like planning out our summer and we were like, that's awesome. We're not going to be home very much. And I've got some speaking events that I'm excited for. And we're going to head to magic trade show that's in Vegas for a client who's trying to get into places like Barney's and Nordstrom. So if you guys have ever heard of magic, we'll be headed there. Hopefully cross our fingers to New York Fashion Week in September. Oh. Yeah. And then a music festival. And that has been so long. I'm just so excited to hear okay. like music in person. Yes. Um, so a lot, a lot on that front, just a lot of travel. I'm just trying to live in the moment right now and enjoy the summer and I have a birthday coming up, so I'll be turning 25. <laughs> so, oh, congratulations. Happy thank birthday. You. Thank you. Um, but those are some things. And then with the agency, I think just keep pushing along and same with the podcast. There's a lot of things that we want to do, whether that's products, merchandise. We have some secret projects in the works. One of them is TV based. So we'll see how things pan out. What would be your advice for a woman looking to start a business today? Ooh, Number one, I would say meeting with an accountant and getting a bookkeeper. If those good are good advice, if that's like not your cup of tea, like for me, bookkeeping, that takes me a really long time. And then meeting one with an accountant and actually a financial advisor to figure out, okay, what's going to make the most sense. Most financial advisors are free that you can go and see and seeing, okay, what money am I making? What do I want to be making? How many clients am I going to need to get there? Do I need to be an LLC? Once I hit a certain amount of money, do I need to be an S corp? And people not knowing, I think is very stressful. I've had a lot of girlfriends who want to start businesses and they're like, I don't know even where to start. And those would be the places that I would start. I would get all your ducks in a row I would definitely get like an LLC, something to protect yourself in case mm -hmm. there's a lawsuit, you get sued. They're not taking your personal assets. They're just taking the business. So those would be my best things. And then also give yourself a year. Like a lot of times I think people go to, they're like, wow, this isn't working and it's three weeks. And I 
give yourself a year to fully invest your entire self into that project or that business and then make those changes and pivot. Obviously you'll get information from there and you'll twist and you'll turn, but I think giving yourself a solid year on a project and not giving up before then, you'll realize so many things that you never would have. And yeah. tell you all these different tips and hacks and really you'll learn so much just by doing. Now you have your accreditation in merchandising. Did you prepare a marketing plan and a budget, which is those are the two components of a business plan for those people who are listening. If you've ever considered writing a business plan, it's basically market research, marketing plan, and a budget and a cash flow projection. Did you go that route or did you have one of your professionals do it? Or how did you deal with that? To be honest, I just started. For me, huh. I was all right. Perfect. We are doing it. We're heading to the bank. We're opening an account. We are heading and making an LLC. And I just essentially made a list of all the steps and wrote money wise what I wanted to be at at the end of this month, at the end of next month, at the end of the year. And then I built everything based off of that. For me, it was a lot of times I think people go straight to a business plan and I think it's great. And if that's how your brain works, I'm more of a list person. So I would much rather see, okay, projection wise, what do we have to be making and what is our cost going to be? So that's where I started. And then I just hit, I essentially just went for it. I, what's funny is I think a lot of the things that I was taught in school, by the time you're graduated, they're outdated and- And so for me, a lot of the business practices and things I had learned, while they were great, they weren't functional for what I wanted to do too. So, and there's so many different ways specifically to run one business, because depending if you're doing payroll or someone else is doing it, or you're completely running everything by yourself, that looks very different than having a full team. And I think every single like aspect of a business changes when you grow. And that's not something that I really had thought about or even planned for that you have to level up at each stage and what worked the first year will not be working the third year. (laughs) There's a common expression in business. No business plan survives first contact with the customer. Yeah. So (laughs) it's more having a, a process of evaluation, which I think you brought with your education, that ability to rapidly filter through the different scenarios for some people who may not may not have that particular background it's worthwhile to just work that out on paper or online but um yeah definitely just diving in and doing it nothing will teach you faster yeah I actually did too I started this a little while ago once I had team members pitching we started to record all of our pitches to clients Mm -hmm. we'd go back and watch them together and it's so interesting what you can learn from watching what you have previously done and being like, wow, I did not realize how many times I said like, or didn't make eye contact. And especially over things like zoom now, so many things are so different because you're not meeting in person. And so you have to think about 20 more things than you would have at a coffee shop. But I think even recording your pitches, as long as your client or whoever you're pitching to is okay with it to go and learn almost like when basketball players go back and watch their past games, like it's it's the same concept, but for you then essentially doing sales to some sort or pitching an idea or a project or whatever that looks like. 
Career coaching is an area that we touch on in The Ambitious Woman as well. And we recommend that people um, record themselves in mock interviews, video recordings, because there's so much feedback from the nonverbal. And as you're saying, you're not always aware of some of the verbal tics that you have or questions that maybe you respond to in a tangential way, that kind of thing. It can be really good feedback to develop that sort of precision and accuracy and and leadership trait that you want to bring out in a job interview. Yeah, really good advice. Thank you. What are some things that you're looking forward to for this year or this summer? This summer, of course, we will have the podcast out and uh, we will be getting more active on primarily LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how the audience responds. I'm really looking forward to the feedback and comments and contributions. The question and answers that we get from people that we'll have specialists address. I think that if we could have you back to talk about your business, your experience in business, and just the whole fun and games of being a millennial and uh, booze, boys, all the rest. (laughs) Yes, please. Anytime. I would love to do that. (laughs) That would be awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm super grateful to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys for listening, hanging out. If you want to come say hello, I'm over at on Instagram at the Bottled Blonde Podcast, KCM Connect for the agency. And then my personal is Christina Catherine McInnes, which is probably the longest Instagram handle known to man. Um, <laughs> but I'm grateful to be hanging out with you. All good. I will have all of those links available in the show notes and we will follow up with you again during the summer. Have a great time and good luck with your travels. Thank I'm you. jealous you're going to New York Fashion, Fashion Week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. All right. Bye-bye. So that's the show for today from theambitiouswoman.com, your source of bold career finance and life advice. Visit theambitiouswoman.com for bonuses, our upcoming killer career fireworks blueprint, guest links, and to learn about our sponsor, Unbound Women, who help women with gut issues and overwhelm live fulfilling lives. Warmest wishes for a fab day. See you next time.